0: Tang stepping up. Would have been a pep talk for him from the coaching staff at halftime. Lovely pass allowing D'Agostino to face forward and wriggle his way through. Nick D'Agostino with a massive goal for Australia. Australia are through. The 12-year wait is over. The Oli Roos return to the Olympic
1: stage at Tokyo 2020. Hello and welcome to the Ollie Roos Podcast, where we take football fans inside camp in Japan to help you get to know our players that little bit better. My name is Chris Carulli and today I'll be tuning into Tokyo 2020 preparations to catch up with England-based goalkeeper Ashley Maynard Brewer. The 22-year-old's journey through life so far can actually be tracked by Olympic years. He moved from England to Perth at a young age in Sydney 2000, spent time in London with family in 2012, and by 2016 was back over in the UK signing a youth contract with Charlton Athletic, where he's remained ever since. In this insightful chat, he takes us through the challenges of moving abroad to pursue a life in football, coupled with the mentality shift that's helped him deal with the pressure of being an up and coming keeper. There's that and some golden stories about his various Aussie call-ups. So without any further delay, check out our catch-up now. Hey Ash, thanks for joining us. We'll get straight into it with a moment that I'm sure you won't be forgetting anytime soon. And it's just basically, where were you and, you know, what was your reaction to finding out that you were going to become an Olympian?
0: Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. The moment I found out was our first AF pre-season on uh what day is it? it was last Thursday, I um, was doing pre-season testing, came into the change room, looked at my phone and I missed a missed call from a plus six one number. So obviously knowing that um, the sport had been announced soon, ring, ringed it straight back. And uh, yeah, a few beeps, it was Graham Arnold, obviously first team coach and he's gone, you know, congratulations Olympian. I thought, bloody oh, yeah, hell, wow next few minutes, didn't even realise what he said. To be honest, I was was buzzing. Uh, But yeah, then straight in, um, messaged everyone. Obviously, yeah, it was completely buzzing.
1: What was the reaction from all the the family and friends back home? I think
0: they were more excited than I was. (laughs) I think as well, because I've been away from home for quite a long time, it was a really nice feeling, Um, I guess, having achieved something in a way, coming, being selected for the Olympics, so it was nice I guess for my parents and um, friends knowing that I'm away doing something and doing well, which was yeah, be a nice feeling.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Growing up, like as a youngster, I'm sure you probably got this question quite a bit. But watching the Olympics and the Olymp- famous Olympians and that kind of thing, is there any moments that stand out watching that growing up? And did you ever think you might be in that position?
0: Not at all. I actually I was over visiting relatives during the London 2012 Olympics, and I remember. Driving past Stratford, which was where the Olympic Village was at the time, um, one of my memories was going around visiting Buckingham Palace, which is where the cycling was at the time. And I remember was there for an hour or two with the family. Um, but yeah, those were the, the the memories of the Olympics. Apparently, I was um, we moved to Sydney in 2000, which was when the Sydney 2000 Olympics was going on. Um, yeah, they were the early memories of the Olympics, but um don't remember the Sydney two thousand one. But yeah, obviously didn't think of at the time that I'd be anywhere near that sort of thing, so
1: yeah mm. yeah of course we're, we're both too young to remember 2000 but going back to the start and you know so you were born in the UK but as you said you moved to Perth as a youngster and I have read that your dad was a Plymouth Argyle fan so I'm guessing football was always in your blood and you didn't really have much of a choice
0: yeah so like I said born in the UK moved to Sydney for a year when I was a year old then over to Perth which is where I lived till I was 16 and um Moved back to the UK for football, but yeah, dad was proper, you know, English football fan. So anytime I got near AFL, Aussie Rules ball, he was, you know, no chance. It was always football and cricket, you know.
1: And coming through at, at ECU Jindalee, there's something about that club, right? So many soccerers that have come out of it. You know, the Williamses, Brandon O'Neill, Adam Taggart, Josh Reeston, You could list them all off. Yeah. I guess what is it about that and did you have any experiences with any of those those boys oh
0: one or two but i was quite young compared to them but uh i think just the the standard of coaching is really good and um it's just pretty simply just a nice environment to grow up in my dad knew a lot of the guys involved which helped they've got connections to the uk so when i was over visiting relatives they organized for me to have a few trials um and i guess the good thing about ECU is that the training is really good. So when I did have those experiences away in the UK, I came back and the training was near enough just as good, which is going, like I said before, create a good environment for me to uh, progress uh,
1: quicker, yeah. I guess. Yeah, set so you are. And from there, as you mentioned, you know, moving across at 16, I guess it's not, or oh, actually young, younger, I believe, you signed when you were 16, right? Moving across... And having that UK background, I guess that would have lessened the, the culture shock a bit for you.
0: Yeah, it was, it was still pretty tough, I guess. I was 16, signed a two-year scholar, um, went from like the Western suburbs, Laureate in Perth to Bexley Heath in South London. That was tough to get used to. But I think it was good in a way that I was away from uh, friends and family and I could just focus on football, which was really tough but it created a good environment for me to, to progress. And luckily I had relatives uh, living in St Albans, which is just outside of North London, which gave me a place to go on the weekend and still be around family.
1: Nice. And, you know, coming through as a young goalkeeper, you know, there's always, every young player makes mistakes and that's the thing with goalkeepers, right? If you ever do make a mistake, it's magnified. Those challenges of coming through as, as a youngster and I guess still being a young goalkeeper, Coming through, how do you kind of approach those mentally and, and overcome them? Uh
0: just a bit of trial and error. The, the first few years, especially when I was 15, 16, and I first moved over to Charleston in the UK, was I had a very negative uh approach to when I was playing. So whenever I went out, I was just trying to get by and not make a mistake, not make you know uh make a fool of myself i guess and i think as i got older i realized that mistakes are part of the game but you've got to focus on every situation itself and yeah just go out and try to do the right things not try avoid making mistakes because mistakes are always going to happen
1: i guess there's a shift that that comes with experience right and and with that experience i saw you went out alone at, at a few different clubs briefly but also from from all that I guess more importantly, your first international call up came. How do you recall that and, and what what was involved?
0: Uh, I remember being at Diggs with uh, the lady I was living with at the time and I remember checking my email. Uh, and I don't think I think I got the message from the team manager at the time, but obviously being like 16, 17, I didn't check my emails very often. So it was two weeks late. Luckily the club got it organized. But I'll it was a camp in Spain with a lot of the boys from a few years ago, which was the likes of, I remember Jordan Lydon, Cam Burgess. Um, Tom Glover was there as well from, from this camp. Uh, that was, I really enjoyed that. It was my first time being away. The way that they played, the Aussie team play, was completely different to Charlton and my experiences before. So getting used to that training earlier, uh, really helped me for the camps coming up and I guess now, yeah.
1: There you go. And then it kind of goes full circle to your, your most recent camp before this one, being back in Spain at, at Marbella. How did you find that experience? I
0: found it really good. Uh, Set up was great. It was a lovely hotel. It was my first camp in quite a while, so I was eager to make an impression. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was two weeks. We had three games, so... Yeah, lots of training, um, opportunities and games. So it was, yeah, perfect.
1: And coming into this camp now, you mentioned there's some boys that you've had connections with over the years. Are there any guys that you're particularly close to in, in this Ollie Ruse camp?
0: I'd say, you know, the goalies, uh, Jordan Holmes, Tom Glover. Um, the the boys, the English boys, I guess. Caleb Watts, young fella at Southampton, who's really nice bloke who moved from Spain as well.
1: Keepers Union, as they say, right? Yeah, and then going... To you know, taking to the pitch in Tokyo, or having that opportunity, and you know, playing against some of the best young talent in the world. What, what? I guess personally, are you are you looking to get out of this as a whole? Oh,
0: the whole experience, um, being a part of an Olympic setup is something in itself. Uh, but you don't want to get too drawn into that. You want to focus on today's training and just making sure you're prepared and put yourself in the best position to. Be ready for those games if you're if you're selected.
1: Going back to club land after that. What are your goals? I guess short term, long term, you know, still going back to Charlton for now and then just going from there?
0: Yeah, uh short-term goals is just to be playing this year. Yeah, I've had a season or two where I've been involved in and around the first team setup, got a few cup games in, but uh haven't played as consistently as I would have liked. Um but like like I said before, just want to keep working hard and then hopefully in the long-term continue to progress through the league, up the divisions and you're just playing at a uh, really good level.
1: Talking about pulling on the green and gold and what that means, it means something different for everyone, but to you to represent Australia, what, what does that mean?
0: So it's representing the place where you, you grew up, the friends and family that you're missing back home. Um, just from the friendlies back in Spain that I played, you can tell it's just something completely different to representing your your club team it means so much more so yeah if i get an opportunity to do that here i'll be yeah very proud buzzing
1: that's all we have time for in this episode thank you for listening and if you enjoyed this one make sure to check out all of our exclusive olympic themed content from podcasts to in-depth reads and everything in between we've got you covered ahead of tokyo 2020 So get behind the team and until next time, go the Ollie Roos.